the question on the table was whether we're going to finish up the working groups or move on to the communique. I would suggest we move on to the communique first. I would uh, suggest exactly the opposite. Oh, would you? <laughs> no, if only for, uh, only one. I I have no I have no qualm about it. But a lot of other people have seen the map that we did yesterday. Have said this actually is a very helpful task to what we're trying to do in the communique as well as anything else. So maybe if we could just project that up until just yeah. If that makes sense. Time All right. So why don't we? Time it takes you to look at the map. Ten minutes. Five. Two. Okay, five, to, five yeah. minutes looking at the map and five minutes discussion if necessary. All right, let's do that, do that first. Did, did we have all the other Maybe save time while that's coming up just to explain the, the rationale behind it. Um, we stopped short of doing a, a specification of a conceptualization of ontology. Um, rather, but we did struggle with the idea of how do we literally how do we visualize these different dimensions we're talking about and there was lots of talk yesterday about problems of covariance about whether the dimensions are orthogonal are they related to each other and whatever so what we started with was an attempt to try and use a very simple approach using the concept map approach, uh, approach which has limited semantics so there's little there which is uh, little in the map which should be of which you should read between the lines in terms of nature relationships between nodes and arcs and whatever. But what we've done here is try to represent the different dimensions um, in a way that seems to, and it's a first cut, seems to map to some of, the, some of the issues we've been talking about. And going through that, I mean, you'll see that some of them, uh, just to explain the, uh, what appears there is a sort of sick lime green, uh, saying formalized expresses and structures, are actually named arcs rather than node endpoints, um, as well as the, the, the sort of lilac ones as well, uh, intended use context and design methods. And we found this was slightly more helpful approach to some of the problems we had with dimensions because we realized that certain dimensions are related to each other uh, and not entirely orthogonal. And looking, I've been sort of keeping an eye on this map through the last four presentations and looking at the uh, the framework communique and trying to see if there's any sort of major disagreement or major variance between what we've tried to map out here and uh, the discussions we've had. And so far, it's been relatively, relatively okay. The only thing I would add, and uh, a couple of people from the group that were in yesterday have mentioned this to me, and it's not reflected on this version of the map, and we tried to do a sort of a, um, a refresh of that, um, is in the bottom right, bottom left-hand corner where you've got under this very tricky term, content, and I put stuff in brackets, which is not necessarily the same stuff or the same things that other people have talked about in their presentations, but I think we know what we're talking about even if we can't put our finger on the, de the definition. The, the, the only question was where um, the whole issue of sort of gestalt uh, comes in. It sort of goes off the map in some ways for some people. It's... Uh, it's things that cast no shadow. It's uh, the bits that are uh, difficult to capture in formal ontologies. Um, but in a sort of variant of the, of, of the map, we've, we've tried to put that in as well as being another type of generic stuff that, doesn't, that, that, that are neither things nor relationships. So I think that's the only sort of additional element that we try to, we try to put in. Uh, and a couple of these nodes, uh, I... Uh, we didn't get round to finally discussing yesterday, and I, I, it was on my own initiative that I tried to map them in uh, as, as accurately as possible to our discussion. So basically, the, the, the purpose of this is not to provide a formal model. It's not a 
uh, a formalized uh, entity relationship diagram or anything. It is simply as a visual aid. I know maybe people doing linear stuff and mathematics and stuff have problems sometimes with uh, dealing with the sort of more conceptual uh, space. But in work I've done, certainly, the, the, the use of concept maps has been helpful when you like we're trying to do, trying to get your head around certain basic terminology and how those elements of terminology fit together. So that's what we've done, and we put that to the group. I mean, so I think it expresses a lot of relationships nicely. I mean, the question is how do you use it in – I mean, it is a good concept map. It says, like, for instance, the role of, you know, rigor is actually kind of part of the design methodology and so on. That's very clear. So what, are you, what, is, your, what is your group's envisionment about how – you know, it would fold into a communicator. You could just, you know, put it in there. I mean, are you guys suggesting, and that's, I would, maybe you're suggesting that, you know, we should just can this whole dimensions things. We stretch it to the limit. It's not working real well. Try something else, or are you suggesting this is an augmentation to, of it? What do you think? I, I think my take, I don't know, I mean, other people in the group might want to come back on this. I think it serves two purposes. One was to take the heat out a bit of this, pressure maybe we felt yesterday about trying to put metrics on these different dimensions you know is it you know you've got to put numbers there you've got to put a range if you've got to put some sort of point on a on a spectrum and rather say well this is how we see it so if you say expressive expressiveness is quite high for something then that has some relation to the type of content you've got but you don't necessarily need to quantify that metric it's just a way of sort of giving some sort of qualitative um, uh, information on that uh, I think that's the first point the second point is it could serve as a again as a visual template for mapping the individual ontologies we've talked about that you just in that sort of two-dimensional space you've got represented there to be able to take each of the ontologies in quotation marks that we've looked at and see to what extent you can actually say something about those ontologies using that as a template for as a template for discourse if you like rather than as a as a template for formalization as as part of this group i would also say that i believe this this might serve or some variation of this might serve as a basic reference model for what an ontology is okay so you could say that if you were coming in and saying you had content that had relationships and granularity, that doesn't necessarily make it an ontology because it doesn't have other aspects. So it's kind of a visual reference model, too, that would serve um, as saying, this is what you've got to have. But I don't, I'm not sure it's complete. I, I just want to say I think I would support that uh, with the one exception that I don't think we need to answer the question of is something an ontology or is it not an ontology. Um, I think all along we've been trying to avoid sanctifying something and saying you're blessed and you're not blessed. This is Denise. If that is true, then nobody can endorse this because this says, the communique says, we are going to then say whether something is low, medium, or high ontology. You cannot do that unless you first say it is or it is not an ontology. There is a basic, fundamental, logical flaw there. Yes. Yes. I, 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 I don't see those words, but I haven't read it as uh, carefully as I should, perhaps. I read where through. Is, where is that? And we also don't – well, let's hold this for the discussion of the communique. Uh, this, um, this, this is Frank Olkin. Um, I have some difficulties with the – concept map, but I'm not sure how much time we want to devote to this right now. I think it might be better to move directly to the 
to the um, communique and try to thrash out some of these issues there. I think really what it does is it just lays out some roles of ontology and how it relates to those words. I think that it just is almost like a visual glossary. You could think of some of these words. and it, it, I mean, why couldn't it? It could just be in a, uh, you know, appendix or whatever, you know, a graph that's sitting in there. I don't think it actually is a conceptual framework, per se. Like I said, Denise said it's not really done yet, and it's not really been formally done. But it, did, it does definitely do a nice job of just, you find your favorite word, and where is it on there, and what is it, how does it play, right? I realized in, in saying it, the phrase I used, it's a template for discourse. It's probably, it probably sums it up more accurately. So what I've been trying, I'll give an rider. What I've been trying to do, in order to summarize the um, previous discussions and this experiment, uh, in trying to put values on the various uh, dimensions, is to summarize what uh, your findings basically on uh, diagrams, uh, different kind of diagrams, and I chose to use the um, kind of radar diagrams that uh, Denise um, showed to us yesterday, uh, focusing on six of the dimensions, structure, expressiveness, uh, granularity, reasoning, strictness, and design. I left out um, purposely the, the intended use, which is not measurable as uh, such. And... Um, and uh, I'm going to show you what uh, I was able to map, and uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the difficulties I had in uh, doing so. And uh, along the same lines, I also used a suggestion from Tom, which was to basically just try and sort the uh, 10 or so artifacts that we have studied along the various dimensions and try and see what we can get from this. So, um, while this is uh, coming up, uh, what I can tell you already is that I think the, the problem we have here is uh, with the lack of um, operational definitions for these dimensions. And that's, uh, so in some cases I had to reinterpret the, uh, the, the comments that were put in the matrix instead of uh, values and I did that quite liberally and I might have gotten them wrong. So apologies for that. But it's just to try and see whether it's going to work or, or not. So, uh, this is the diagram I get for the four upper-level ontologies. So um, the basic formal ontology, Cosmo, Sumo, and uh, engineering math. Oh, and there's a PSL, so in the mix. And, well, I can kind of make sense of it, uh, if you wish. Uh, so Buffo seems to be fairly high on all marks, which means that it's going to be expressive because and formal, and it's been designed from the top down. This is what the, the, the higher, marks, higher marks correspond to. Uh, supports a fair amount of reasoning, and uh, it's um, prescriptive rather than descriptive. And just to take another example, uh, Cosmo, which is... Uh, less uh, formal and uh, descriptive gets 
more towards the center. That's basically what we can get out of this. And within a given category, within, within these upper level ontologies, seems to make sense to me. We can probably debate, uh, although we don't have time for that, but uh, it kind of makes sense. At least it, it does uh, to me. Next. So I don't even know how to name this category because it was fairly heterogeneous. Uh, the folksonomy category um, revolves around the center, which is, uh, which is to mean that it has low <laughs> expressiveness, granularity, etc. And in contrast to that, WordNet doesn't get to the top of each, but it's kind of uh, middle of the road. And also it makes sense to me. And I didn't dare mapping uh, the Dublin core following yesterday's uh, <laughs> heated debate. Okay, uh, next one. The, the, the models, uh, uh, what I call the models, I can't even remember exactly the acronyms, but there was the environmental and the geographic or geospatial uh, modeling Markup. language. Um, Markup. Markup language, sorry. Uh, okay, so you see uh, how they map, and we, in, in the interest of time, we're going to move to the biomedical ones. Uh, and again, no surprise here, the gene ontology is slightly more uh, everything, basically, as uh, MeSH is, and I think I kind of agree with that. Uh, now, different kind of exercise. Pick one of each uh, on the next slide. Pick one of each category and try to map them together. And does, does it still make sense? Uh, well, I'm not sure. So we have Buffo on the periphery and uh, Delicious in the inside, which kind of makes sense. But um, otherwise, I'm not sure there is much comparability uh, across groups, which also might have to do with lack of comparability uh, among um, not only group of ontologies, but group of writers of these ontologies, which to me uh, it can be easily related to the lack of operational definitions, and that's probably where we we hit uh, the the hard um, problems here. Or uh, if we want to see that in a more positive way, we can say that we, there's still some uh, work to do uh, on these kind of issues. So, shifting gears now and uh, going to simpler things, uh, it's simply. Uh, map of some, or just sorting these uh, artifacts uh, along uh, each uh, dimension. And again, here, what is it uh, to say that the structure of mesh is comparable to the structure of uh, Buffo or PSL? I'm not completely sure. Uh, and, I mean, we can go quickly through the other um, the other diagrams, but basically we get the same kind of, uh, of issues, I think. Uh, the definition of granularity was particularly confusing. Uh, I think there are two different aspects to granularity that were mixed up by the various groups. One is, uh, well, the, the more nodes, uh, the finer grain it is, uh, while the 
official quote-unquote definition in the dimensions related to whether there is anything else than a subsumption relation, basically. Uh, so are there explicit associative relations uh, asserted in the ontology in addition to the, the uh, to the ESA backbone, basically. And this has been interpreted, and that's maybe why there's more uh, heterogeneity in this uh, granularity uh, dimension than uh, anywhere else. I'm probably going to close there and uh, turn it over to Frank for the real part of the communique, which is the, the written part. Just one quick question. It seems to me that... Uh, Perhaps one of the things that we're running up against is that discussion we had about intended use seems to uh, not be evident in the current dimensions and whether or not that would shed some light. You know, the fact that the intended use in one case doesn't imply computability, you know, for the folksonomy types or as much computability, whether that might be useful. But I just put that out there as, as another slice of this. Uh, I think it's kind of orthogonal. I mean, uh, we, could ha we could have perfect dimensions with, uh, with numbers for these six dimensions and have the intended use that's not mappable in the same ways. Um, yeah. uh, just, just a comment on that, just an observation. Um, th this this uh, ranking system, uh, along with your comment on intended use, the ranking system could be applied in a couple of ways. It could be a comparative measure, like you pointed out, comparing ontologies against each other, and then becomes more of a continuum, you know, greater than, less than. Uh, it could be against a hard um, metric. I'm not sure how that would work. Uh, or it could be against the stated intended use for the ontology itself. How well does it satisfy that dimension for its own stated intended use? Uh, Bill McCarthy also entered a, a contribution on the uh, population, but I, I, I've posted it onto the uh, wiki now, but I don't think we have time to review it. I just wanted to let everyone know. So it's under uh, group E. Um. Okay, so um, there was a draft produced last night, and then this morning I've added a paragraph on governance. And so I think what I should do is, is quickly go over the overall structure of the document, um, and then we can try and dig into the detailed text. And I think I should try and highlight uh, where we've tried to preserve things, where we've added some new things, and where we've where we've uh, changed some things. Um, and uh, I guess Olivier will take notes. Uh, and I mean, this is, this is a draft. Um, so it starts with an introduction, um, which tries to explain what this, what the summit was about. Um, there's a short paragraph of history that relates this to the ontology summit of last year. I don't know if we want to elaborate that or not. There's a lengthy section here on dimensions um, where we basically tried to largely recapitulate the, 
the the framework discussions that were held yesterday and the framework document, there are a few changes there. Um, most notably, um, we've reinterpreted granularity away from what the framework group had, where they they were using granularity to differentiate between um, ontologies which had um, essentially is a with other uh, associational links, and I thought this was perhaps more appropriate for structure than for grant. So I just interpreted granularity as a simple issue of just how fine-grained are the semantic concepts here, and it's the, the crude measure of this is is what's the size of this ontology and, and in terms of the number of concepts, in terms of the number of of relationships instances. Um, uh, Frank, uh, this is Leo. Uh, for, the, um, uh, for that characterization, originally we used that as an example. Uh, so subsumption was uh, if you had an ont two ontologies, uh, one of which is only subsumption-based uh, and the other one is subsumption with relations, the second one is, uh, has a finer grain. Uh, so, so the idea was, uh, we think, if that there's some notion of structure and granularity that's merged there. So, um, the, the the more expressive, in in some sense, in terms of axiomatizing what you have and perhaps axioms per term, is a better characterization of granularity. So, so that subsumption okay. was just kind of a uh, an example. Okay. okay. Um, the the parts that where we tried to to summarize um, uh, some of the conversations that were were both in public and around the table yesterday are and where the sections are somewhat new are uh, the folksonomies and formal ontologies paragraph there, which is on the third page. <coughs> where we suggest essentially that uh, social tagging should be viewed as corpora for the validation and inference of more formalized ontologies, just as, as large bodies of text corpora are, are used to help estimate and validate computational linguistics models. Um, and going in the other direction, formal ontologies could be used to Elaborate, inform or elaborate social tagging by offering potentially improved tag sets and possibilities of faceted um, uh, tagging. Um, then we have ontologies as software artifacts. And here we mentioned Tom Gruber and Paolo DeMaio as by name, but some people have suggested that we should uh, elide the names because we don't mention names anywhere else. So I'm agnostic on this question. Um, but the idea we tried to capture from their remarks yesterday that, that um, ontologies should be thought of as software architects and that ontological engineering should be thought of as an enterprise akin to, to software engineering um, and that this should be part of the standard um, uh, toolkit of, of computer scientists of software professionals and routinely taught as part of the computer science curriculum, which I think sort of captures 
what was being said yesterday. And we thought that was important to capture in the, in the communique because ontologies have until very recently been seen as this sort of esoteric activity, not really in the mainstream of, of most computer science curriculums. And I, I, we agreed with, with Tom and Paula uh, that we want to try and move it more into the mainstream. Um, and then there's a section at the end where we start to introduce the survey. Um, so let me go back and talk about this in a little more concrete things. Uh, I gather that some of our um, remarks here were a bit controversial. Uh, so in the introduction, we talk about this spectrum of, uh, actually, uh, Olivier's terminology here is the name ontology covers a spectrum of artifacts. And he starts to um, enumerate these things. Um, and then in the last paragraph, we talk about, um, well, let me back up a moment. Um, in the second paragraph, we talk explicitly about why are we doing all of this, and the, the rationale, as we perceive it, is that we want to build a sort of big tent approach to ontologies in which the different communities that have been pursuing somewhat diverse approaches to this should be seen as engaged in fundamentally a common enterprise. People may have different degrees of formality about it. People may have different methodologies for developing these things. But we see the point of this summit as trying to, to characterize all these different things on a, on a, on a continuum and to try to encourage the different communities to cooperate more together. Um, because they're, I mean, the, the communities have been more divided than united. Um, and we think that there are possibilities for, for fruitful cross-fertilization. Yeah? I think, I think a, an implicit uh, rationale, too, was uh, promoting semantic interoperability so that you know, if you do, if you have two models you want to bring together, we want to gauge some way uh, how, how to do that, or, or approximate cost eventually, or uh, you, you're you're so far off in five dimensions that it's going to be hard, and so forth. We can add that to the to the original, the initial paragraph. Okay. I have a question. I thought that yesterday. This is Denise. I thought we had a question yesterday about whether a linear presentation and continuum was the um, best way to, con uh, to characterize ontologies. And that is my primary point of controversy with this, because we're going in this sentence, in this paragraph, we are going back and saying, yes, there is a continuum. And implicit in this is from less less good to more good and then no, no okay explicitly not there okay the i said implicit implicit i did not say explicit i said implicit in this statement is the idea that there is a continuum not multiple dimensions so i'm i'm perfectly happy to be in the minority on this and say yes you want to do a continuum and i just will disagree uh, i i don't think there's any presumption that uh 
the notion of continuum or linear implies unidimensional at all. Uh, I would say we're just saying these are part of the same universe. That's all. Can we make that statement then explicit? Because I think that is not clear and that it will be read differently. This is Peter Brown. Um, I do have a problem with some of the terminology as well. I think the, like we had earlier the discussion about what do we mean by taxonomy, and it took you know sort of a bit of an offline exchange to realise we're actually we're talking about the same thing but using different terms, concepts, whatever. You know, even the words we're using about what we're talking about, we start getting into all sorts of uh, problems. And there are four words that do jump out to me on the page, though we talk about entities, we talk about relations, we do talk about a spectrum, and we do talk about richer ontologies. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't go quite as hard in it on, uh, as Denise, but I can see that people out there will, we've, we've had the benefit of being around this table and on call to discuss these things, and they are clear to us. But if there are richer ontologies, often based on formalisms, I know rich ontologies which are not based on formalisms, or I would make that claim, an ontology is as rich as the, the community that built it wants it to be. So, I mean, internally they can be consistent, even externally you may say they're not computable, they're not formal, they're not, they're not usable. So there is this problem of spectrum, for me, is a continuum across one dimension, and we do say that in the text. I would suggest we perhaps have a preamble, I don't know if I'm on, of just a few succinct statements of saying what this is not, you know, to specifically bring out this is not to be perceived as a one-dimensional thing. This is not perceived to be or intended to be a value judgment of better versus worse. And just bring those out and say what it isn't, you know, half a dozen things it is not. That might be a more efficient way to ally some of those issues uh, rather than just not mentioning it and trying to say what it is. I mean, we have to say what it is as well, of course, but... Uh, I would suggest that. One sort of procedural issue, I've sort of been mentioning to Peter, we probably want to either on the screen or something capture some of these remarks. So one thing Peter might do is make a copy of this as another page and start putting some changes. Or what do you want to do on that? Three minutes. I'm taking notes and uh, we'll, make, um, we'll make changes. Okay. Um, I also, there's another paragraph which is going into the document here, which is not visible in the printed version. Is it up on the wiki version yet? Yeah. It's on the wiki version, uh, which is um, governance, which I believe will go somewhere at, towards the end of framework dimensions. Um, and here we tried to capture the discussion yesterday, that, and what we said was... Um, Governments, gov the governance dimension is concerned with how decisions concerning the structure and content are made. And we assert here that there's agreement at the summit that ontology, and we may want to tweak this slightly, uh, maybe soften it and say typically need to defer to existing legal, regulatory, and professional organizations concerning the natural language definitions of concepts and semantic relationships, and that ontology development should be viewed as an effort to organize and formalize concept definitions, which are conventionally defined by existing institutions, not as a, an attempt to do to wholesale replacement of existing definitions with de novo definitions generated by autonomous computer scientists. And as a corollary, 
we observe that it's necessary to record the provenance of every definition, et cetera, to be incorporated in ontology, e.g., the controlling legislation, the regulation, the standard from which a definition is taken. And this is, um, this is not so much an intellectual statement. This is a political statement. And I think simply if we are going to try to promote ontology development as an activity, um, if we come into organizations like the accounting standards boards or the legal profession or the SEC or other regular, and we say, we don't like any of your definitions, we're going to recreate them de novo from uh, some new upper ontology or something like this, I think that politically this is untenable, um, and we will get essentially thrown out on our ear. We, we may eventually want to refine these things, but... I think we need to say, we need to communicate to these institutions that we're here to, to change the representation of these things and maybe improve the organization, but not to wholesale revise these things. Because, in fact, many of these things, if they, if they have to do with legislation or, or regulations, are political as much as, as intellectual enterprises. So this, I think, is something we need to explicitly discuss because we – I mentioned it yesterday, but it wasn't clear that there was complete consensus on this. Frank, I was looking to see whether the list of artifacts um, include roughly the same things that we intend to cover in the 1179 mandated registry list of concept schemes or classification schemes. The only thing I, I'm not seeing, and I, I don't see a mention of it, is classification schemes that are statistical classification schemes or library classification schemes, although some of these are similar. So was there some... Oh, you mean like trade, the like uh, SIC and, and NAIC? Yes, we can certainly add those. I would say if you don't intend to exclude them, then, no. then add them. Okay. Since this mic is open, I, I want to offer a couple of suggestions for the... Uh, this is Arturo Sanchez. For, uh, for the ontologies uh, software artifacts... Um, I wouldn't really call it a software artifact, but I would call it a, an artifact that is produced during the uh, software life cycle. And I wouldn't call it as a discipline that is akin to software engineering, but that is su supplementary to software engineering. And to be inclusive, instead of saying that it's going to be professional toolkit taught routinely to CS students, I would say uh, taught routinely as part of a computing curricula instead of just CS. It's computing curricula, which is kind of a term now that encompasses you know, IT, CS, IS, etc. That's a great improvement. If I, I'm sorry for jumping. Just, um, I also might say that the software artifact thing on second listening does make it sound like it's the result of doing some programming or something, whereas... Uh, what originally what we've been you know always been emphasizing is that it's a designed artifact and and is in a very in a very similar way to other kinds of software or to ordinary software is you know amenable to software engineering um, but it needs to have its own kind of software engineering as it were but it doesn't have to say that we don't if we call it software then somebody's will get you know somebody's ontological meter will go off and um, but that's anyway that's so, so just basically say strong metaphor strong analogy to software is usually the way that works. I'm sorry, two people were talking in my ear at once here. So I caught the beginning, which was, you want to say that it's a designed artifact, not simply that it's a software artifact. Yeah. 
And if you look at methontology, for example, which is probably the most elaborated uh, ontology representation or for methodology, um, it, it really builds on the software uh, development cycle. So it, it presumes that that is uh, basically the, the same thing with wrinkles with additions. Um, sure. This is Herb Bassick. I disagree that we should tie ontologies to software. I think that's eliminating the, the real power of diverse communities of experts and subject matter experts in other fields who are responsible for building logical models in their field, totally divorced from software. So I think we are really restricting ourselves if we're saying that this is a computer science or an information studies or anything like that. It's really much broader than that. The implementation of an ontology may be a software or an IT artifact, but ontologies themselves are much broader than that and should not be connected to computer science or information technology. I'm not, I'm not quite sure how to respond to that. I mean, that's considerably stretching the what I, th I thought was our agenda here. Um, No, the, the, the they're artifacts, engineering worded. artifacts, right? The, the, I mean, the only stake in the ground I would make is that they, have, they should be designed. They, should, they are designed artifacts. They can, I mean, can, I would say computer and information science. And information science includes logical modeling, I think. I mean, uh, and they, they are both. They're that too. They are all enabler. They're enablers for other kinds of things. It's not working. Oh, I mean, your microphone's not on. But you said, just to repeat this question, you said that, uh, why don't you call them enablers? Enablers of, they are enablers of software stacks, of the software interoperability. Um, and they're enablers of software reuse and knowledge reuse. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Sorry. Jack Deli here. But we're not giving that impression here. We're, we're giving the impression that it's sort of a, here's a throwaway while we're going off and doing the important thing of punching out code. And in fact, what these things do is develop an environment in which code can be punched out according to a certain set of very intelligent uh, constraints. That's what the ontology brings to the table. And it also brings to the table uh, the enablement of one uh, community or domain of discourse to communicate with another one through their relative, through their respective ontologies. Um, just a comment about the governance dimension. Um, I, I think that I, I like most of it, but it's not there quite yet because, for example, uh, upper ontologies, I think, uh, have significant value but uh, they may not be governed by a, a professional organization uh, simply because the, uh, the folks that know the most about that are probably not organized into such a thing. Uh, so uh, it's very specialized knowledge. I, I, I agree that it, 
as much as possible, you want to have, you know, authoritative sources behind uh, the things you're doing. Uh, and I, uh, you know, I, so I think governance is, uh, is very important, but I don't quite like the wording there yet because in some cases you have to uh, defer to an a ad hoc organization or group of individuals without any formal organization. So, so you would suggest where we say microphone. Frank Olkin. Uh, so as I understand, Leo, your comment is you might want us to soften the statement and say that developers of specialized ontologies need to defer or typically need to defer. Yeah, because I, I don't want uh, just a, you know, a direct mapping between uh, uh, an organization, e even if it's a, you know, well-established organization, and, 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 a, and a good ontology in that area. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the case. And I also think that uh, there, there may not be uh, the, the organization, if you, if you loosen that to include you know, uh, maybe a recognized group or maybe a, a group of experts in a particular area where there, there, there is no institution yet, maybe 50 years from now they'll have codified their knowledge in some form where it is institutionalized, but it's not there yet. Peter, I think it's a red herring. Um, a governance model can be that there is no governance. It's, whether it's implicit or explicit, the issue is there. It can go from zero to total governance. And I don't think there's any, anything in the text. I think the text is fine as it is. I don't think there's anything which implies that somehow the governance model has to mean that there is some central authority. I don't think we should go down that alley. Uh, the, other, the other comment I had was very briefly on this thing on soft, uh, ontology of software artifact. Yeah, I, I very strongly support that idea of it being a designed artifact. Just say a designed artifact doesn't need to be a designed software artifact. It's just a designed artifact, full stop. Uh, well, would anyone, would I anyone actually disagree. disagree. Yeah, because it says that, uh, for example, in that paragraph, that uh, this, there was agreement at the summit that ontology developers need to defer to existing legal, regulatory, and professional organizations, blah, blah. To me, that's... Yeah. Uh, Jim Disbro, uh, I'd like to carry what Herb and Jack were saying just a little bit further in that the concept of consilience, I think, applies to ontologies. Consilience is the concept that there is a unifying concept and that there is a unifying body of knowledge. And, and I would propose that ontologies actually are, are candidates for implementing the concept of consilience. And that is something that has been ta not talked about. It's been talked about as disparate you know, ontologies uh, focusing on their specific fields, but I would argue, given time and a platform, that there is consilience in it, that we should include that concept. Frank Olkin, I'm reluctant to go there, um, and I would simply note that um, just look at the political warfare that goes on in the United States over the definition of a person, whether a fetus is considered a person. Uh, uh, th this is not something which we can resolve in this room and dictate to a, a legal ontology that, and expect to get widespread adoption to this. I, I think we need to recognize the political context. I mean, it, the political context in which many of these ontologies are going to have to function. And I think if we're off doing, you know, some exotic uh, biology, biological uh, ontology for, you know, archaeobacteria, archaea, and other kinds of bacteria, no one else may care. But if, if we get into more 
practical sorts of things, I think that that we can't expect to to walk in and tell these you know large institutions that we're about to to toss out what they've done and completely rewrite it. I think we need to to function as as changing of representation and systematizing and things like this and not uh, see ourselves. I don't think we can portray ourselves as complete revolutionaries with respect to semantics and expect people to adopt our technologies. And I, and I think, I really think this summit needs to say something. Akin, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly willing to negotiate on the details of this, but I think that it, this is an important issue uh, in terms of the, of the uptake of these technologies, that, that these institutions can't see themselves as being usurped or they're just going to tell us to go away. Uh, Peter? I, I support Jim and uh, Jack and uh, the other uh, other people uh, and Herb who, who says, I mean, we should not sort of characterize ontology as sort of software engineering or, or I mean, I think enabler or consilience is probably more appropriate. But I don't argue with you on sort of uh, usurping the institution. Uh, I think we all agree to a certain extent, I mean, most of the things. But our task now is to come up with a deliverable uh, call and a communicate in the next 15 minutes. And in the, in the interest of doing that, and I believe everyone is, is serious and, and, and want to get that done, uh, I suggest that maybe we should sort of recede until we get to a point that everyone feels at least comfortable enough to <coughs> endorse it. Uh, and I mean, and I suggest we just go on the wiki and wordsmith. I have already re preserved the first draft proposal in a sort of draft archive, so that is preserved. Uh, and, and then we can go into this. And I, I hopefully everyone who has a suggestion just come up with. I suggest taking out this line or taking out this word and replace it with another word, and and and, and then we come to one point that at least practically everyone come, uh, is, uh, agrees with, with the, the communique and we deliver that. I'm making some of the changes that seem less controversial right now. The, yeah, I mean, we've got a problem if we're going to do that interactively, I mean, because you're going to overwrite any changes that anybody else makes. So, I mean, how, how are we proceeding? For example, in the governance thing, listening to the discussion, I'm, I see there is this reference... Um, ontologists need to defer I stuck in the word may need to defer and I think that maybe takes the heat out of that problem um, would you be willing Olivier for me to plug the projector into your laptop I think it's the only way to get people to be uh, in the time allowed I'll bring it over uh, um, Michael here just to, I guess to give a voice to some of the people who have been participating virtually uh, I noticed there has been some um, bit of traffic and concern about uh, uh, the people who aren't here um, kind of getting their objections raised. I just wondering what the process was. I, when we're endorsing this for the afternoon, who are we? And are we including the people who say weren't here? I'm, I'm just referring to some, of the, some people who have sent email this morning, for example. I, I, I'm not going to name them, but there's at least three people who have kind of said that. 
Okay, by by we I mean uh, people who says they are going to endorse. So we will have the first round. Let's say we ended up. Uh, 95% of this room agreed, then we get a list of those people, and of course maybe two people didn't agree, then they, their name doesn't get onto the list. And then after today, we're going to make a post, we'll, we'll say this is what's adopted, uh, please send in your email to confirm endorsement, and then we add to the list of people who are endorsed. If someone is on the phone and says, yes, I can endorse it right away, then, then he or she gets onto the list. Will, will there be further edits to the document, or will it simply be an endorsement? Or? Uh, when, when, we, when we have released, uh, we, we're not going to uh, change it anymore, just like last year. Okay. We recede to a point whereby we can publish, and we publish. Anything after that is the next revision. Okay, we publish 1.0. We might release the 1.1 two weeks later, but... So on the governance thing, I, my people—it sounds like people want to attenuate it a little. So my suggestion is is not changing. Uh, my suggestion is we reword where it says ontology developers to say developers of specialized ontologies will typically need to defer. Okay, because that gets us away from the issue of upper ontologies where it's not clear what the organization is and it gets us and it weakens it a little bit I'm just trying to I mean my experience when trying to sell ontology technology to, to organizations is that if you come in and announce that you're going to change all their definitions they get real unhappy real fast whereas if you say oh I'm going to turn this into first order logic they say they sort of shrug their shoulders and say sure go ahead Okay. Um, what else did we? So um, we also, where you're listing the artifacts at the beginning, I think that was at the beginning you wanted, uh, Nancy? She wanted to add um, somewhere in here. Olivier, I yeah. think you better try to save, save once. Uh, Peter. Uh, Please, uh, except for Olivier, please do not edit the document. Uh, try to make it say, oh, oh, that's... Otherwise, we have a concurrency control right. problem. Right. No, no, I haven't changed much. If it's easier, I can restart from the... Uh, Here's an idea. I don't know what we're going to get for consensus on this. Um, if everyone doesn't, you know, I, I don't, again, people make their own minds about it, but here's a process. Why don't we just say, walk our own talk and say, here's a thing that we've worked on together. You know, we obviously didn't put enough, we didn't put weeks of time into it and didn't have a, you know, community buy-off and sign-off and voting by international, you know, flags and everything. But what we did do is a thing that we work on together, and here's our providence. Here's the, here's the legislative history of what we happened to create. Here's all the talks, here's all the wiki comments and so on about this thing. And you can interpret it in context. It's a work in progress, and this is the context. I mean, you can't, I mean, it's fair. And, and that's often the state of these kind of things on the web. Might have kept some of yours already. 
I might have erased no, yours, I, but I don't know. I mean, I probably might have. Yeah. So <laughs> tell him to change. So I think Nancy wanted to add trade classification and library classification. Statistical classifications. Okay. Okay. Can you add that to the? <coughs> To the beginning. I have no idea what to put it. But, um, oh, put it at the front. No, because I have no space. I mean, I, it's just not <coughs> working. Okay, and and then I think we need to. I think we need to work on the wording of this uh, paragraph about software artifacts. When you get done with the other stuff. So, as I understand it, the proposal is to. Delete Tom and Paula's name and just say we agreed. <coughs> and I assume that your Tom, your slides will be in the they're already up there. Okay, yeah. While you guys are busy, may I ask the people who are speaking this afternoon uh, and who hasn't turned in the set of slides, please turn them in. Uh, and that means everyone, actually. So none of you are Are you, are are you talking to, to, to Olivier and me? What are we changing? We're changing ontologies to software artifacts. <coughs> so we want to change from software artifacts to designed artifacts? What, what we were trying to kind of be inclusive <coughs> here, so instead of saying should, you could say could. And instead of saying a software artifact, you could say that it's an art design artifact that is produced as part of the software life cycle. So the whole idea is just to create awareness that you can extend the computing curricula to include this, which doesn't mean that we're characterizing ontologies as a software artifact. Okay, so my suggestion is we change the heading from software artifacts to designed artifacts, we, chain, we delete Tom Gruber and Paula DeMaio and say, we agreed. What? <coughs> we delete them from the text. We change a type of software artifact to a type of designed artifact. Or designed. The point is that um, <coughs> we're not arguing here that, that ontologies are natural kinds that just intuit from, from observation of reality, that we're suggesting that there's an explicit human element in designing them. I think that was what Tom was getting at. And the real power of that is it actually puts to rest is it true or not? Is it the right ontology or not? It's relative to intended use and function. And that's really, the, that's what, that's how, that rationalizes the whole process of making these things. And that's, I think it's the most important bit to get out. 
have a technical curriculum. Well, actually, a counter-argument would be the whole uh, biological community, which is relying more and more heavily on ontologies these days. Well, I would actually say that the financial community also has a very great stake in this. So, Maybe we want to add another uh, statement after that, say computing or information uh, sciences curricula, and then say, uh, furthermore, we think that... Um, Ontological engineering will be uh, increasingly important to all um, all professions which are engaged in uh, data exchange or something like that. Right, I'm just trying to figure out how to word it here. Mike. Where you said information just now, may I just suggest information and knowledge exchange? Knowledge exchange is something different. We're not talking at this point about tacit knowledge capture. That's another whole... I'd say keep it to data and information. I'm trying to be sensitive to uh, Frank, I guess. I know you're sort of probably concerned this be seen as some kind of a policy recommendation or something, especially since you're at NSF. But uh, perhaps we can just say yes. we think in the future... <laughs> we think in the future this will be an important part of many disciplines or something like that. And we're not saying, you know... School should do this on such and such a date or anything like that. We just project, we forecast it will be important about something like that. Um, can, can I suggest that where we say a discipline complementary to, we strike almost all of the rest of that and say to every discipline involved in the handling and uh, processing of data and information and knowledge, you like knowledge? <laughs> Okay. It doesn't cover the entire range of, of knowledge. Does not mean it's not important to, to knowledge ex exchange. All I'm saying is that I don't think we want to go there in the next 30 minutes because I don't think we have time to talk about that and sort that all out. So, But I, I really like the... Um, the statement that was just suggested. I think that works very well. I really think that it is important that we include, that we somehow indicate that ontological engineering, or whatever we want to call it, become a standard part of the computing curricula. It may be important for other curricula as well, but at the moment, um, my immediate agenda is to get it as part of, part of as making it mainstream in the computing curriculum. Great, great. Let's just take the front part of that highlighted sentence off and say, we recommend that ontology, no, 
I don't think this group is is uh, the mm-hmm. right group to be recommending education policy. That's the, that's the problem I'm having. I think we can say we expect it will be a routine part. I think that would be who could argue with that? It's just our opinion, you know. Recommendation is just an opinion too. Yes, that's so diffuse that I think that it it misses the point. I think the point I was trying to make there, which I think there's some agreement in the room, is that up to now, ontological engineering, or whatever we want to call it, has been seen as some sort of exotic activity done by, you know, a few guys in AI and and maybe some people in manufacturing systems, uh, (laughs) and has not been part of the mainstream uh, computer science or information science curricula. And I would like to get, if if we can agree, I'd like to get some statement in here that we want to see this be mainstreamed. Done. How about a standard part? But but so my problem here is technical curricula, is I think that's so vague, you know. How about, as it says, and, and you could add on the end of it, become a standard part of technical curricula and indeed should be uh, a component of key things. Can you just say relevant curricula? I mean, I, I see the problem. I, I have a problem with technical curricula. A library science guy will not see themselves as being technical curricula, but library science can develop ontologies without touching a piece of software and without having a piece of computing equipment anywhere in sight. They've been doing it for thousands of years. Ontology is more than that. We, we just call it an information technology. Information architecture. Just to reassure you guys, try doing this in 25 languages and then you know what negotiating and communicating is. <laughs> How about... In the uh, survey par- uh, paragraphs, uh, there are a couple of misprints there. Um, it's an interactive survey, not a study, I believe. And... There are actually 42 communities, not 24. <laughs> I, it just I kept I kept massaging the data, and I found it was actually larger than I thought. <laughs> Apparently, some people are representatives of communities they're not members of. It raises a question about the survey because. It, it, People that reads it from the surface doesn't realize that one person can be in multiple communities. So 50 respondents from 42 communities uh, will just tell the reader that this is not totally not representative of anything. So, so may, maybe we just need to wordsmith this a little bit to, to make it look right. Did we fix governance? Okay, uh, we need to go to governance. 
Okay. So where it says there was agreement that ontology developers, we should say developers of specialized ontologies. No, this was to address Leo's concern that, that, that upper ontologies are a different kind of beast. But, yes? But a specialized uh, ontology could be a group of people who have very explicit expertise that has nothing to do with an organization, an association, any legal or regulatory uh, boundaries. So I, to say specialized... I think is really misleading. Well, I'm afraid that people will get confused if we say non-upper ontologies. Um, and the and the other thing is, I was I, I was going to then also weaken it was to say we'll typically need to defer. Well, uh, I would strengthen it a little bit. Can our dimensions help us there? We, we put them in there for a reason. I mean, it's, we're talking about, as far as I say, we're talking about governance in those areas where the intended scope of use is something which has some effect or intended desired effect or legislative weight or something else. And the issue comes between having an ungoverned space which serves some effect in intended use, but which is not scoped, like a folksonomy, is there is no governance model, but it serves very clearly an intended use in, in a particular space, where other ones may need to defer to legal, etc., is important because the intended use is that it has some prescriptive effect. Uh, well... Put that in five words. <laughs> yeah, the, the problem with that is that I think that even in the case of descriptive ontologies, you know, if, if, if Olivier and I go into a, a dark room and start writing, <laughs> you know... <laughs> The uh, Northern, Northwest D.C. Ont legal ontology, even if it's intended just to be descriptive, um, it's going to go over like a lead balloon. Um, uh, so what's your uh, proposed wordage? Uh, uh, let's try it again, maybe. Okay. Where it says the, the, there was agreement at the summit that developers of specialized ontologies will typically need to defer to existing and then as we uh, as it's there and and so if there's no existing group then then that's not an issue I think and I also wanted to exclude upper ontologies from this discussion um, why don't we just say ontologies with legal or regulatory implications may need to defer to yeah, 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 yeah. okay I just want to strengthen something stronger than may will uh, will typically how's that usually or what or must well I But we're just trying to understand the category of ontologies with legal or regulatory significance. That's what we're trying to say. And that category will or must or may or shall. How about will need to? Okay. 
And, and uh, Denise? Just a very quick question. I would say we are not talking about practice here, right? And when we're saying that somebody who's developing an ontology must do this, that's getting into the area of practice. So I think that your comment is right on, in your wording is just perfect. Because even if somebody wants to, to develop a, a legal ontology, they can do whatever they want. But it's up to the agency to decide whether they want to accept it or not. So your wording is good. Subject to. Well, my only concern here is that there are also professional organizations in areas, but maybe we don't want to emphasize that. Okay. Are, are folks reasonably happy with the governance uh, paragraph as it's up there now? Did someone say no? It's safe. Say, yeah. I think reasonable consensus in there. What? When you're ready to move on to the next uh, bunch, I, I have one major one. Okay, Peter, why don't you go ahead and make a suggestion? Okay. Uh, it's, it's on the recognition of the parties concerned. The only party that's mentioned is Ontolog Forum now. I would suggest either NIST and Ontolog, I mean, if, if Steve's agree, uh, plus the list of co-sponsors. I mean, you don't have to list them, but I can link them to the list because we went through very great lengths to, to, to get together like close to 50 people who are co-sponsoring this. Okay, Peter, yeah. I, I'm confused as to where you want this change to go in. The only place where anything is mentioned is under history now. Oh, oh, okay, so to the history section. Yeah, I mean, oh. you can edit in the in, uh, introduction. I think the, the history section is kind of redundant with the introduction anyway. Uh, we kind of wrote it um, in, in parallel. So can we just fold into the introduction something like the Ontology Summit uh, 2007, uh, convened by uh, Antelag Forum and NIST or something uh, is an attempt to bring? Yeah, the, 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 maybe if I read you the, what, what we have at the uh, sort of the Ontology Summit homepage, uh, it says uh, co-sponsored, uh, co-sponsors from NIST, Ontolog, Encore, NCBO, uh, NLM, W3C, Tech Commons, Stanford. Well, there, there are 51 co-sponsors. Yeah, uh, they are not going to go there. Yeah, and other, and then close, uh, parenthesis, list oh. of co-sponsors. So if you want to take two, then it would be... Organized NIST, yeah. by NIST and uh, co-organized by NIST and Ontolog Forum? Yeah, and with supported by a list of co-sponsors. Many other co-sponsors found whatever on the right. wiki page or something like that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, have we left any major section out? Um, I don't think we have design methodology in here. Do we want, as a facet, do we want to put that back in? You could strengthen it by just sticking a couple of cents in there because you could reemphasize that there's a lot of design 
it could go from undesigned and emergent all the way to a, uh, a strong design process akin to a software engineering. And, uh, and, that there are, and also that the second bullet there is basically that design uh, differs depending on intended use. And so for library science and that kind of thing, classification systems, it's one kind of design process. This is more about social language. And for uh, more data interoperability, it's more of an engineering design process. That, in a sense, that was the, one of the nice takeovers I had. The reason to show, you know, to have all this cross-cultural communication thing is just to see that there's a rational way that we can understand why we work differently. Now, if you want to follow me. So this would be a pragmatic dimension or a semantic dimension? Pragmatic, I think. Okay. Yeah, there's two dimensions, intended use and design. You can just talk about them together and say we, we you listed the, some of the intended use of the first paragraph. But you can just say, hey, you know, one, of the, one of the findings here is that um, we, there's a range of, de of design disciplines from no design at all, emergence uh, of folksonomy and so on, all the way to a, you know, strong software engineering design processes with formal verification. And in between is all, uh, several others, and that the differences of, of why different processes live on that spectrum have to do a lot with the intended use of the ontology. So this paragraph that we're going to add is going to go underneath the intended use dimension? Okay. Okay. We'll find intended use, and then let's add a, an additional paragraph with the um, yeah, design methodology dimension. Don't we have that already? No, we have, we have governance. Design methodology is a little bit different. Although, just, they're connected. There's, there's one guy on the com on conference call apparently who's saying he's all on his lonesome. I don't know if he wants to, Rex Brooks, whether he wants to come in. Tom's going to, Gruber's going to draft a paragraph on design methodology, which we'll try to incorporate in a few moments here. Um, is there someone on the conference call who wants to say something? You may have to do a star three to unmute yourself first, uh, whoever's on the call. We're not hearing you, I'm afraid. While we're waiting, one other comment I might have is that reading through the whole text now, it just sort of ends. With the survey, we might want to have just a succinct statement at the end or something of uh, how we expect people to take this, you know, or something, what we expect to happen. 
Uh, one question is, do we want to have something reflecting uh, the, the effort on um, mapping the, or on, on creating these pictures and trying to, to instantiate um, the, the dimensions? Even if it is to conclude that it's not necessarily conclusive uh, at this point. Well, I was perhaps I would suggest perhaps we generalize a little bit along the lines of we we recognize that this is an incomplete uh, work at this point. We ex we anticipate this discussion will continue for some time, at, at least in the ontologue forum, if not other fora fora. And we would invite people to you know essentially contribute their thoughts and insights to this ongoing issue of heterogeneity and ontologies or something like that. Something like that. It's sort of an invitation to have people um, recognize this is not over. And in fact, the very nature of the ontologue forum being sort of it goes on forever, you can never get away. So. I think we want to go actually a little further than that. I think we want to encourage people to submit things in the format of that Excel spreadsheet or the, the spreadsheet so mm -hmm. that we can get contributions, but then with provenance so that we know who put that contribution in. Because this is a great way to get it populated. To which I'd add, again, the, the, val the possible value of that map, if we accept it's just a template for discourse, if people want to talk about their ontology to comment on a, a more formalized structure in an Excel spreadsheet that may provide the sort of terminology to help them to make hooks onto it. And I think that's the, that's the value that that has. And I'd, I'd add to Steve's point, you know, that the point is it's not, a, it's, not, it's not an end point today. I think in the last 36 hours, I think we've all discovered new stuff. And for me, this just the process of doing that mapping was a sort of eye-opener in terms of understanding the whole question about um, multidimension multi-dimensionality of, of, of uh, the ontologies as well. Could I uh, sort of logistically suggest that perhaps we give Olivier a few moments to write something up. Perhaps we could use this as the 15 or 20 minutes to go and get some food, bring it back. I'll even get you some food, Olivier. How about that? <clears throat> and uh, then we can keep talking about this while we're nourished. What do you think? I'm suggesting people bring the food back, so we'll just sort of uh, start resuming as people eat. May I ask who, who wants to go to the banquet this evening and doesn't have a ticket? No, 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 no. Pat Cassidy left and left a banquet ticket. So who wants to go to the banquet for free? Who? <laughs> No, 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 no. He, 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 he wants to just give it up to someone, yeah. Okay, there's a free ticket to the banquet tonight. If anyone is interested, please see me. Courtesy of Pat Cassidy from MITA. For those who are on the phone, uh, we are uh, breaking for, like, 20 minutes or so, and we'll be back. <laughs>